The Radio Fam Podcast. TheRadioFam.com. Radio Fam, thank you so much for joining me back on the podcast. I'm super excited to kick off season seven, starting with the new year. Um, welcome back. I mean, it's been so long. It's been like five months, and it was only supposed to be like three weeks, but I had some stuff to take care of in my personal life and didn't want that to affect my mental health. You know, you have to really protect all that and just didn't want this to become a whole burnout thing. And I obviously encourage you to do the same. I know I've mentioned that multiple times on this podcast. I wanted to come on and record like an episode just to kind of update everybody, but like I just couldn't. (laughs) And sometimes when you can't, you just can't. So I am excited to kick off this season seven, episode one with Ashley Young out of Houston. Ashley with two E's. I met her for the first time officially back in August at Morning Show Boot Camp. She was on our social media panel and had lots of excellent information to share. Um, on top of that, I had no idea like about her story, you know, um, I just love people that find unique ways to either get their content seen or network and stuff. And she's definitely did that. So, uh, you know, obviously, you know that I love sharing those type of stories. This is why I do this. (laughs) Um, So thank you so much, Ashley, for joining me. It was so wonderful talking to you. And I hope you guys enjoy it, too. Thank you so much. I know I keep saying it. Seriously, thank you for coming back. My radio story started where we're both from in Tacoma, Washington. Oh, yes. Basically, when I was younger, I grew up at my grandma's house, and I'm from Parkland in Tacoma, so that's like by Spanaway. I went to Franklin Pierce, which is predominantly a white school, but you, we have a little bit of mixture because we're right on the Tacoma School District line. So every time kids get suspended from like Mount Tahoma and Lincoln, they come to our school. <laughs> and the same with like, if they get suspended from like, because you know where Fort Lewis is, like in Lakewood, like Lake oh, yeah. Tacoma Park, they come to our school. So we get all the bad kids in like... I grew up in just like a multicultural little city in Parkland once again. And um, my grandma was really religious. So I was not allowed to watch a lot of TV and movies and stuff when I was younger. But the only thing she let me do was listen to the radio in, <laughs> in my in my room. So pretty much like growing up, um, I just always, I listened to Cube 93. I grew up on Cube 93. Uh, it's funny because now me and Eddie Francis and Tiffany Warner are friends. But I was like, back in the day, I used to call you guys and, and do the that roll call where they're like, what's your name? Where you from? <laughs> like that, <laughs> that's really was like my Bible was like trying to win tickets to Summer Jam and try to, even though I could never go because it was out in the gorge and I was like 12, like <laughs> trying just trying to win tickets to whatever from Q93. And then as I got older, uh, we had a broadcasting class in, at my school. And basically, we they took us on a bus from Franklin Pierce to Washington High School, which is our rival high school. And we just learned how to do little, very basic things like to make a fake TV show, like a fake morning news, <laughs> news segment. And I just like really loved that. Like I, I excelled at being like a host type of thing. So... I kind of took that and ran with it. I went to school in Florida because I wanted to move out of Washington because I was just tired of it. I lived there forever. And I majored in journalism and production. While I was there, they had a college radio station. It was pretty much like play something off your phone and then talk like, <laughs> like that. Like it wasn't, it wasn't at all like a real radio experience, but it was like to get my feet. Okay. But even then I had to, we had to do a, a, was an internship to graduate like my my senior year 
And we so happen in Jacksonville to have a partnership with now iHeart then Clear Channel. So they were like an approved internship site. And they're like, oh, just go get the credit and, you know, go get coffee, do whatever, make coffee, like do, do whatever they ask you to do. So I go there and literally my first day that I'm like in the building, I'm doing my orientation and everything. <laughs> um, the rapper Rick Ross was like came through and he brought like five, like 50 people. This is when he was like promoting this album and he had, he just bought a whole bunch of wing stops. So he had a whole bunch of wings and like champagne with him. And I was like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. So I interned at iHeart Jacksonville and I, you know, I did a typical intern stuff like promo team and like doing little social media posts and things like that. And I think my class was the last class to have interns for the company before they like shut it all off because they got sued or whatever like that. So they offered me a part-time um, promo team position and I took it and I just really ran with it. And like <laughs> they, once again, they started me as a promo team member. So I was putting up tents, I was spinning prize wheels, I was doing all that. Yeah. Uh, but then as things started to open up, they're like, hey, we need a board up. Hey, we need a, a social media digital person. Hey, we need a, um, what else did I do? They needed, uh, me to, to do like to run the live shows that they were doing so like at the cluster i was at they had one of the biggest country stations in the world which is wqik in jacksonville and they that my pd there cindy spicer she was really well connected with the country world i knew nothing about country i'm a hip-hop girl maybe pop so like i'm sitting there with like brantley gilbert and luke bryan and i'm like who are you like <laughs> that's amazing this is around 24 14, 15. So this Florida Georgia line was really big. They were always there. Okay. We worked a lot of events. You know, those events where like they'd bring artists in and they would have some winners and they do a little tiny concert, like intimate concert thing. We did that all the time uh, with the country station. And they would always like have me fill in on the country station. And I was like, I don't know country, but I learned it. Right. But I only know like bro country. I don't know country, like old school type of, <laughs> type of country. But because I was so like, involved in it back then i was like oh country's not bad like we went to a what's his name 100 is 100 hayes yeah we went to oh, a Hunter yeah. hayes concert we went to eric eric church we went to brantley gilbert a lot um blake blake shelton like i know i'm up on country yeah like, I, people don't know they don't know. <laughs> like i know I'm my country right now <laughs> so the countryside was the one really giving me opportunities it wasn't really the hip-hop pop side at first so i just kind of ran with them and did what whatever they asked me to Afterwards, um, I finally got to do like weekend shifts on the other stations, on like the hip hop and pop stations. Um, and my first PD on our pop station on WKSL, he was like, <laughs> like I did an air check for him, my first air check ever. And he was like, this is, he's like, obviously you need to work on some things because it's your first one, but like, this is amazing. Like you're, you're gonna be, you're gonna go far. You're gonna do great things. I'm like, but they won't let me on the rap station. <laughs> so I just did pop for a long time. I wanted to move up. And after being there for, I want to say like a year or so, um, they pretty much asked, They like I was getting ready to be like, hey, I'm, I need to make money or I need to, I have to leave. Like, <laughs> like as a part-time, yeah, promo person. I was like, I need to like, start getting paid or I need, or I'm going to look for places elsewhere. So I had applied to a lot of places and just one, I, I literally, 
you know, on our iHeart site, there's like that job board. Mm. It's just everything. That's, like I just clicked every single one, even if I was qualified or not. I was like, I'm getting the, the hell out of here. Like, I'm leaving. Oh, yeah. So the first, yes, the first person to call me back, um, his name was Zach. He is the, was the OM in Waco, Texas. And he needed someone to run some stations in College Station where Texas A&M is. And he was like, yeah, you could do on air and then be a PD in a small market, which basically means you're going to do everything. Like you're going to be PD, digital PD, yeah. sales, all that, digital, like social media, all that. And I was like, sure. Like that's my, it was my first full-time offer. But remind you, I've only been, I was only in radio for a year at that point as a part-time promo assistant. Oh, wow. So he offered me to be a PD. Yeah. He offered me to be a PD over two stations jumping from a part-time promises into a program director. That's hilarious. Yeah. Like I at first was scared, but then after a while I was just like, no, like, you know, you can do it. Like, just go figure it out, go whatever. And I went and that's how I got out of Jacksonville and got into like, uh, actually programming like firsthand. But from there I was kind of stuck because the cu- I had custom stations, meaning it in iHeartTalk, just meaning that like someone else programs the music for you. Okay. So I didn't really still understand the philosophy of programming. And from there, uh, mind you, College Station is like market 189. Like it's super tiny. <laughs> it's a college town. It's super tiny. But you're only- I was only an hour and like 45 minutes from Houston. And I was like, if I know some people, let me just reach out and see if I can like learn G Selector, which is the software we use, like learn the the um, philosophy behind programming, the strategy, things like that. Like, you know, I'll get better and I can get a better job. And it just so happened that I already knew the APD from when I was in Jacksonville because he was in Savannah and like we had followed each other on Instagram. And he just had been like following me, you know, like just watching me or whatever. And he's like, hey, just come, just drive down one day and we'll teach you and you know, introduce you to people and whatever. And I did that for like a year. I would drive two hours one way, two hours the other way, <laughs> like once every other week, just to learn how to do G Selector and to learn, you know, just how like a, a major market operates, you know. Um, and also I was in CHR and high AC at the time. And that wasn't my passion because as much as like CHR is cool, the, the point of it is to be top 40, to only be what's hot at the moment. But in urban radio, it's more about like a community. Like urban radio, like raises people their their entire life. It's yeah, like they're more involved with things that go on in those communities. So like to me, urban radio was just where I wanted to be because that's what I grew up on. But everyone looked at me like, oh, that girl from Seattle, like you don't know about hip hop, and it's like, little do you know. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) So then after I was in College Station for like three years. I got the uh, the offer to go to Houston to be the music director and do middays, which I am now. And that was in 2018, and I've been here ever since. Uh, they put me on the Format Center team, so I do the other stations as well now since 2020. And that's kind of my life right now, just working from home <laughs> and doing all those stations. But it started, you know, uh, it started as an intern, like everyone else, just seven years ago. I was a very minimal paid intern in Jacksonville. And then I just had to move around and that's how I got here. That's pretty much. amazing. Now, did you feel like you learned so much being in college station by having to do kind of all that stuff and being thrown in? I feel like everyone should do what I did. I feel like, you know how they say like, before you can get on air, everyone has to learn the board. 
I feel like before you can do anything, everyone needs to to go be a PD at a random city <laughs> station <laughs> and just like be the person who like just like understand all the moving parts of radio, right? Because we have so many people who just want to be on it because they want to be famous, right? Who just want to be on it because they want to whatever it is that they want to do. But then when it's like, especially our industry now, how it's really downsizing, mm-hmm. when it hits the fan how many people in a room can actually like run this station? (laughs) Like how many people like understand, you know, I have so many, I'm sure you have a lot of like college students that want to, you know, are asking questions and they want to be part of it. But it's like the reality in 2022 is radio is not just radio anymore. You can't just get on the radio. You have to have like a social media presence. You have to understand marketing. You have to, you know what I'm saying? You have to like, really delve into client relationships and making sure you're bringing revenue into like, there's so much that I didn't know that went into radio until I was a PD and I was like by myself and trying to survive and stay, stay afloat. But I really do feel like everybody should like, if, if not being a PD, at least just work in programming in a sense so that you understand the, 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 you know, being on stage and being behind the curtain, you know, being in the office. I feel like you can have such a different appreciation as a talent and what you're delivering or how you're talking to sales and all that when you f- figure that stuff out. Exactly. Or what's something that stands out to you that like maybe you learned the most or maybe that's been the most valuable from that experience? So a, a lot of people like college students who want to get into this industry, they they always ask me like for a pinpoint map of how I got to where I am. And they're really, I can't give them anything because so many things can't be written down and explained. It's just like kind of taking a leap of faith and like just betting on yourself because more than anything, I'm sure, you know, like our really, our business is not, is not even really about talent. It's about relationships. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what, a lot of those things I did behind the scenes, I didn't know at, at the time, but that's what actually puts you in positions is like, it's not just how hard you work. Cause you, obviously we all have a hard work ethic, you know, like we all, want to get better and move up to different markets. But it's more like when someone's in a room and they bring your name up, who is all going to vouch for you? And that's what I didn't realize in the beginning. So I spent my time while I was in College Station, the whole time I I knew I wasn't going to stay there the whole time. I was like, oh, I'm going to go to another market. I'm going to, you know, move on to something bigger. So I just kept traveling. Like I, I spent a lot of money on going to events to make sure I was always in the room during certain weekends, like making sure I was, I would go to LA all the time for the BT awards or the Grammys or whatever. I didn't have an invite. I just went to, to like, make sure that like my vice was in the room. I was top of mind. I knew like I was building relationships with people. I was also learning. So if I knew someone in, of a higher status or something I was just observing how they handle situations like this you know like watching interviews I would go to our station in LA and watch big boy do interviews during Grammy weekend because you know all the artists are there so they're all gonna come by the station um I would just like really fund my own myself and I say that all the time like invest in yourself if people don't understand to the extent what that means <laughs> they they think it's just like trying to dm someone on Instagram and have them be their mentor but it's like you really have to put your skin in the game and put like your money where your mouth is and mind you i wasn't making crazy money either right so I, was, I had a lot of spirit flights i slept on a lot of couches yeah. there was one time i got invited to this like retreat thing or whatever and i there was going to be every single big name pd that i've ever heard of there and i was like i gotta be there right yeah didn't have any money 
<laughs> so I barely had enough money for the flight. I had to have one of my friends pick me up from the airport because I didn't have money for Uber. I bet I I saved like a hundred dollars to eat within four days, which so that's really not a lot. But then I stayed in a hostel. <laughs> Do you know what a, I didn't know what a, I didn't know what a hostel was until I got to Miami. I've never had that experience. So they were like, "Hey, just pay us like fifteen dollars a day to stay in this one um, co-ed dorm bunk bed," and I was like. Okay, so I stayed in the bunk bed and I didn't know there weren't lockers, so I couldn't put myself anywhere. <laughs> and then, like, just everything you think a South Beach Miami hostel would be, it was. <laughs> like, there were definitely felonious activities going on down there. It was crazy, but I told myself, if you put yourself through all this, something is coming of this, of this situation, which it did because right after I got my job offer. So it, that that is just, it goes to show that, like, Nobody knew I was, I said in a hostel and all that stuff. They just, I just needed to be in the room. If, yeah. you, if you were invited somewhere that's like that, um, that like of a milestone, just be in the room and show your face and just show that you're committed. And after that, I started getting opportunities just because I was there. And they're like, oh yeah, I saw her last time. She, she's committed. You were watching Big Boy and doing those kind of things. Like what, because I, like I said, I have noticed that it seems to be like the music and obviously you do the interviews. Is that like, like what part of, is that the part of that radio that you found really interesting or what really drew you to it was being able to connect with artists and like you said, in the community also, or bring the community to the artists, vice versa? I think beginning when I was in Florida, actually it began because when I was interning, was right around the time that Trayvon Martin happened. And that was in Orlando and I and I was just two hours away in Jacksonville. So it was very closely like related. It really hit home. And then there was another situation in Jacksonville where a kid by the name of Jordan Davis, he was shot out. She was shot for playing his music too loud in Jacksonville while I was interning there. So what started off is like, I think everyone just wants to be cool and say like, you're on the radio. Like, oh yeah, I'm on, I'm on air. Really turned into, like I said, there's, there's like, way more of a meaning when it comes to urban radio, especially black radio and what that means for our community. And even here in Houston, you know, George Floyd is, he went to high school here and he was buried here. And so when that whole thing happened, that was a big protest and a big movement here. And th th those are kind of the, the things that I wanted to like, kind of hit home on is just being like a figure in our community for to let people know like, yeah, we're funny and we're entertaining, but also there's actual serious issues that like we have to take care of. That I can and, be like, real and be your really friend to, with you. Kind of yeah, thing, that, huh? that we can like pay attention to. Cause I think that in all forms of social media now and like the gossip blogs and stuff, like everyone's just looking for attention. They're just like doing whatever they have to do to get a click, right? To, you know, and sell that for ads. But like, I just was always like, I am funny, don't get me wrong. I like to have a good time. But at the same time, we need people like figures that are like actual leaders in our community that are like, hey, this is cool for now. But at the same time, let's focus on this, <laughs> this thing going on right here. But when it comes to the entertainment part, it really was when I moved to Texas, a part of that traveling to be in rooms and stuff, I would go to um, festivals all the time because like at the time, this is also a secret at the time in <laughs> 2014 and 2015, nobody was really going to represent our company at festivals because they just weren't really keen on that. So like when I moved here, Austin city limits is a big festival. 
nobody had signed up on behalf of I Heard to Go, so I went. So I like applied, and they gave me <laughs> gave me a pass. Oh, wow! And I interviewed like G, yeah, I interviewed like G Easy and like Future and all these people because no one, because everyone was like kind of um, neglecting that. They were just like, oh, I Heart, they're they're gonna take care of whatever. But in reality, they didn't. Like I was going with my little backpack and my little. $200 Sony camera I bought and like interviewing GE because nobody, because nobody was really paying attention to that. <laughs> I think because, because we as a company, we have our own festival. Like people just, I think we focused on that, but then you forget that like all these big moments are happening at these other festivals <laughs> around the country and nobody was really going to do, to cover them. So that's kind of where I found like my, my little platform because it was just like, managers and label people would see me at backstage at like every festival they're like oh i saw you at the other okay all right cool and then to see me again like oh she was at the other oh okay like and that's kind of how you you know start relationships at least yeah in hip-hop i'm like so fascinated by that because i know a lot of people have like imposter syndrome and stuff um as being kind of that person in the community um do you feel like that like like that people turn to you for that already or are you still like oh, i'm not like that person quite yet so i think yeah i do have imposter syndrome because for some reason even though i know i'm on the radio i still feel like i'm not i feel like i'm a regular person like when people recognize me in the streets i'm like why like i'm just i just i'm not like that big of it yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, not, I'm not a celebrity like i just i just talk on the radio right but the problem I'm the I wouldn't call it a problem. Just I'm just seeing people can't allow you to be like yourself. Like for instance, like I said, I'm funny. I like to be entertaining, joke around. I'm into pop culture, so just talking about what's the news of the day, right? But then some people think that I'm only super serious and like I need to be on like news talk and I'm just going at like I don't talk politics because just we it's too the dividing right yeah but like people think that when you do get just a little political then like oh that's all she's about oh that's that's her forte it's like no like i'm a human being and we're all into different a whole myriad of things it's not it's not just me talking about this it's like also we can laugh about stuff but then at the same time because i'm goofy and funny and random on my show people are a little taken aback when i do get serious they're like no girl like you just you supposed to make me laugh, you know? <laughs> so it's still something I'm dealing with, but I think just the longer that I'm just like genuine with people, like, hey, yes, I like to have a good time and I am funny, but I'm a human being. <laughs> and I have, you know, I am black and I have black nephews and nieces and sisters and brothers. And like, if these, these uh, situations like affect them, I want to share that with you and see if you feel the same way, you know? But people really just, try to peg you as one way or the other who were other like um like big boy who else were other people that like um help influence for like like interviewing or artists or i guess i guess in radio in general obviously the breakfast club but charlemagne was the main like my main he was he's actually my mentor but like the it's funny because the way i met charlemagne was when i was interning and i told you i was getting ready to like put my two weeks in like I need to go make real money guys <laughs> I had I had literally typed up my two-week notice and I was headed to the station to go to go hand it in and as I'm driving to go hand it in I had emailed him my air check like before just like randomly like hey let's just see if he'll he'll respond right I had e emailed him my air check three times 
it was the third time as I'm driving to go quit that he actually called me. And I didn't know who it was because he had like a South Carolina number. And I was just like, hello? And he's like, peace. Hey, Ashley, it's Charlamagne. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> I have like goosebumps. Like, no, like, like it checked out. Like he like, he's like, I'm going to DM you right now on Instagram. And then he did. I was like, damn. And then I just, I literally had to stop the car and I like started crying because I was like, I had to quit my other job. So radio was my only job. And as we all know, in the beginning, radio don't pay. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I was very um, just distraught because I was like, this is what I love. And like, I would do this for free. Back then, I would do <laughs> yeah. this for free. I gave up so much to do this and I sacrificed and like, it's just not working out. So should I leave? Like what, you know, what, what should I go? And like, that was like the sign from God was like, he called me and I, yeah, and I just had broke down crying. I was just telling him my whole situation. He's just like, just, just like, just stay in there, you know. Just start doing this and start, you know, try to email these people and send your air checks out and keep keep up with people, keep checking in and all this stuff and like just get your name in the conversation and whatever. And then that was in twenty fifteen, yeah, twenty fifteen. And ever since then, like I got, I think I got my job as a PD like three months after I think. But like, if it wasn't for him, I would have been doing something <laughs> something else. yeah like the timing of that you're like I'm, i literally just got a call from charlotte like i can't like not follow this i told you i just moved i have it framed somewhere like the email where he was like peace call me and i'm like what but he was just a big name because he was the biggest name in urban radio at the time um but other people i really like and they might because he's on the competition station but ebro who's on hot 97 like i love ebro because he's like me he's a smart ass and he also is <laughs> like he can be funny, but he he has like honest, real conversations when they need to be had. So I always liked him and um, Charlamagne. But when I got interviewed to get hired as a part-time promo assistant from an intern, I remember the promo director was like, so what do you want to do in radio? And I was like, I want to be the light-skinned Ryan Sinker. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we're going. That's where we ended up. But uh, not too many radio people per se other than just Charlamagne and Ebro because they were in the top markets uh but other than that I really podcasts weren't a thing yet <laughs> so I wasn't really listening to anyone but then but then obviously you know you'd be a fool if you didn't say Angie Martinez because she's a legend in in our format but pretty much they were pretty much it do you really enjoy Houston like how like are how is the audience there like is are you connecting with them well yeah I've been here four yeah four years now um and at first i was very intimidated because houston is a legendary city in hip-hop and it's a top 10 market it's like big names come here drake raps about it all the time i was like there could be a chance drake is listening to me <laughs> yeah. while, while he's here but at first it was intimidating um just because of the big names of uh, people that that live here and stuff but as the years went by I kind of noticed that our competition station, which was the Heritage, they've been here for now 27 years, I think, they weren't doing interviews. And I was like, I've, Houston's a big enough city that you need to, you know, there's there's celebrities here all the time. Like, people need to, like, we need to bring artists in and, you know, get them familiar with our station and our team. And I just started doing interviews. I was just like, hey, I would hit up our <laughs> label reps, like, whoever you got, just bring them through. 
So I just started doing a whole bunch of interviews because no one else was doing them. That's kind of how I built my name because I just I would interview people before they got hot. Um, the year I moved here, Megan Thee Stallion was doing a college show that I was hosting. And like literally like I had never heard of her before. I just, I just saw her perform. I was like, oh, like you're cool. Like, you know, we exchanged numbers. Like hit me up, you know. Um, and then later on, we see where she's gone wow. <laughs> from there. But that's those are the type of things that like were intimidating at first. That's cool of you to again, once again, realize here's an opportunity. The other station's not doing this. I can be the one to bring that in. Now, did you know then to like, were you already automatically like recording video for your stuff and putting it on social or was that something later that happened? No, I think I, I just started doing that when I had uh, like my first interviews because I knew that we needed like the video component, even in 2015, in, in 2018, I knew that like, we need to be posting stuff on Instagram. We need to be like um, a credible source of news and information and hip hop. So even if it wasn't for my personal page, I knew to put it on the station page because we just needed more videos of artists in our studio with our logo, with me <laughs> in Houston, just to like market the station and market my show. So that's, that also goes back to like when I, when I told you earlier that every to me, everyone needs to just like work a programming job because you understand way much more goes into this than just uh like hitting hitting your break right like <laughs> like hitting the post like way much more goes into radio than just doing your actual on-air shift because i was like okay well we need to market i need to you know get like growth and year over year conversion like all those marketing words all those programming words like they're in the back of my head and i'm like okay i had a strategy when i got here i was like obviously when you go to a new market especially as big as houston you don't just want to go and nobody knows who you are. Like you want to make a splash. You want to make sure people know your name, know who you're associated with and everything. And that's where people just started learning who I was because all my interviews with artists before they blew up are still on YouTube. And then like they, people actually, when I'm like at a festival or something, people actually recognize me more from YouTube interviews and actually, actually being a radio host. Oh so gosh. they're like, oh yeah, you interviewed Little Dirk or like whoever. I'm like, Oh, yeah, that was years ago. And I hate it because, you know, the older interviews aren't as good as, you know, the ones now. But that's really interesting to me that you're that people are saying that to you. And uh, and I mean, it just goes to show also <laughs> why the, why it's so important to have the video side that I feel like a lot of stations still are fighting. You know, it's like it's crazy that not every top station does video. But that's the thing, though, is like my station wasn't doing video until I got there. So like and because the competition wasn't doing video, they weren't doing video that they didn't start till, till I got there. And they saw that I was getting reposted on big sites that I was on TMZ and stuff like that. And I was like, they're like, oh, we like, we, we gotta, you know, provide something. But even when we were at the um, morning show boot camp, when people are asking questions, like, you know, what do you say to people that are fighting digital integration with social media? I'm like, it's 2022. Yeah. Like, if I have to convince you to make a video or like <laughs> to get some kind of, uh, conversion from Instagram to listening like this ain't the thing for you no more like because the game has changed like I'm sorry it's so true <laughs> it is it has become way more than just getting on air and cracking the mic and introducing Post Malone songs for three minutes like there is so much more of a like ecosystem that you have to be as a brand to be relevant in radio today Houston is that like are you have you fallen in love with it enough where you want to like stay there you know for the longest time I 
my whole it, when I started in Jacksonville because I think Jacksonville's market fifty or fifty one. When I started in Jacksonville, I think everyone sets their goals on number one. So I was like New York, New York. I'm going to New York. I'm going to be on Power one hundred five. I'm going to like I'm going to make it happen. Whatever. That was my goal purely just to say I was on air in New York, right? Just to say that I'm in New York. But as the years have gone by and as I've gotten older, you know, like life goals have changed, you know, I have other people to think about now, <laughs> other, like as opposed to before I was single and whatever, like I could go wherever I didn't want it to go. It really, to me, is just more about stability now. So the only place I would think of going, like, yeah, New York would be cool, but if you've been in New York, you know, it's like a fucking headache yeah. <laughs> to, to live in New York. But the only place I would want to go other than Houston is back home to Seattle. Um, if that opportunity presented itself, but Seattle has been so wishy-washy <laughs> with stations lately that I'm like, yeah, I'm like, eh, it is what it is. But other than that, like I, I do love Houston. I've grown to love it. It's obviously very affordable to live here. Uh, I've lived here for four years now, so I've built kind of a community and friends and stuff like that here. But to be honest, I, like we can do our jobs from anywhere now. I'm not like super hung up on market size. I'm already in a nice size market. But to me, it's more about like, where am I going to start a family? So it's not just like worrying about me, like, oh, I want to go to Chicago or wherever. It's more like, do I want to raise a family there? Do I want to live there and commit myself? to be there for however many years. So as far as Houston, like I'm, I love Houston. Like I'm cool with Houston. Um, but it does feel like if an, if another opportunity presents itself and it makes sense, then yeah, I might explore it, but it's not New York anymore at all. I've been blessed enough. I'm very grateful to where my job that I do, like I'm very well taken care of, you know, like I'm not hurting for anything, but if I were to go to New York, it have like I said, it have to make sense. Um, and I've been to New York enough times, just visiting, to know that I don't ever want to live there. <laughs> but, but at the same time, like once again, like if it made sense, because I know that New York and LA are the hubs for other things in entertainment and media that Houston specifically doesn't have. But that road will come. Well, you know, when we get to it. Do you still go to festivals and stuff occasionally now, or girl, I. I am, it's not even be, being busy with the station. I'm just like, I'm just getting older. Like I'm getting, I'm just getting like, so for instance, obviously, you know, we had the tragedy of Asheville Fest last, last year, last November here. And um, I was at that festival. I was backstage. I left way before any of that stuff happened, but it's just the fact of being around a lot of people and having to schmooze people and all the people you have to talk to because you know, you have a relationship and a partnership. You have to make them feel welcome and care about <laughs> stuff it's like exhausting. that. It's exhausting. It's yes, and it's like I always have to be on. Like I always like and like I don't know if you felt this way, but after you do an on air shift, do you ever just go home and not want to talk to anybody? I'm an introvert, so hell yeah, yeah. So after any like any time where you're literally talking all day, like for me, yeah, I'm in the room by myself, but I'm pretending I'm talking to someone. You know. I don't want to be bothered when I go home. I just want to be left alone. And it's the same thing with festivals. Like I, there's not a festival out right now that I, that is so intriguing that I'm like, I gotta go. Cause I've, like I said, I've been grateful and blessed enough to have seen all these acts a million and 10 times. And even though I'm a fan of some people, I have seen them a million and 10 times. Yeah. And I, and I also, I'm above the demographic who wants to do all that like festival moshing and all like, 
that's not for me. But as far as like getting content, I've just kind of moved the the method of how I get get it now because now it's not so much about just radio stations going. It's really like having the long form conversations for podcasting. So instead of festivals, I just have people like meet me somewhere else. Like, hey, let's go to this podcast studio or the station and like record this. But like that festival environment now. Nah. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I totally it's not, get it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not worth it anymore. I would do it in a heartbeat if it was like just a situation that made sense. Like say, just throwing it out there, Drake doesn't do radio interviews at all anymore. He hasn't for years. But say they called me one day like, hey, Drake wants to, wants to I'm there. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> like, where do I need to be? Like if the situation made sense. But like I said, these artists that are usually on the festival circuit, I've seen them a million and ten times. Like we're, we're good. I still see that there are young people that are still interested in radio here and that, you know, I mean, they trickle through still now, you know, being in it, what you're doing, what I guess advice would you give to a young person that interested in, I want to be on air and do afternoons too. Every college student that will DM me or something, I just tell them the same thing that it's not about, don't just focus on being the person behind the mic, focus on making yourself a brand. So being like, even if you're not on air yet, just like you said, start a podcast, do YouTube. Like I, li- I literally watch YouTube, like family couple channels and like, you know, like influencers, like YouTube makeup people, like whatever it is you're interested in, just show that your personality can connect through the screen, that you can engage people when they're not looking, when they're not right in the room with you. Right. So I tell people all the time, like, okay, you want to be on radio, but what else? How else do you showcase your personality? Like, where else are these listeners going to connect with you? Because even me, I am fortunate enough to have a YouTube channel and a TikTok and all that stuff and, like, understand that. But there's a lot of people who don't. They think that radio is going to stand on its own. And, and like, people, people don't even consume radio the same way, you know? Like, you really have to back it up, once again, like I said, with the ecosystem, not only can I just tell you I have tickets in 10 minutes, I have to tweet about it and then also make a TikTok about it and then put a story on Instagram and that like, you really need to make sure that you are an all around brand. So I just tell students that all the time. The problem is when they're in college, they're focused, you know, college kids are just focused on getting the degree, getting their degree and being done. But the problem is they need to start working on their, their social uh, fingerprint, like, ASAP. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like as soon as they get in there. And then making something that's like viable. Don't just make like random personal Instagram stories, like make videos that you can go back to, make podcasts that show your growth and like that you know how to keep an audience, you know? And like we've seen it, our industry is very podcast heavy right now. So not only do you need to sit up on the radio and promote those three songs coming up, <laughs> you also need to be on like YouTube or a podcast and show that you can keep an audience engaged for 45 minutes to an hour. So I think it's misleading to like tell college kids like, oh, radio is just talking on it. Like, no, it's so much more now. It's literally being an influencer on the radio. (laughs) I wish more people understood that, that you're a personal brand and that's gonna take you a lot further you know, across radio stations and just opportunities Mm -hmm. in general. I think people, like you said, like you said, they remember you more from the YouTube videos than they are from you being on the station. Yes. And that's, that's when I was like, okay, I had already been recording interviews, but when like, I think I was in like Austin during South by and like some random kids were like, oh my God, you didn't interview with Little Dirk. And I'm like, and then some other kids were like, oh my God, you didn't interview with Megan. I'm like, (laughs) 
okay. <laughs> like, cause I just, I don't know. You never, when you post something online, you never know who's actually, it says you get X amount of impressions, but you never meet the per- the people that are impressed <laughs> that, that are the ones looking at it. So it's just, it's just funny for it to happen in real life, but I wish new people and like some of our older counterparts in radio, they just understood that it's going to take a lot more than just being on air every day. Like it takes more like commitment to doing social media, to being a public figure, if you say, if you will, you know, like being in the community and just, just let go of those old expectations we had a few years ago and just get on the train and start making TikToks, you know, like, like yep. just grow, grow the accounts. But I'm just, I guess, excited, interested, anxious to see like where we'll be in like five years and just how we're going to evolve again um, when it's even more dependent on how involved you are in social media. Shop Radio Fam apparel, home studio decor, radio gifts, and more at theradiofam.com.